Hello and welcome to Geekscant, the home of RPG jargon and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach, and I am joined this evening by the mayor of Fort Wayne, Troy Sandlin. Howdy ho, everybody. And we are also joined by Luke, the uh, creator and purveyor of Pirate Borg. Uh, ahoy, you scurvy dogs. Welcome aboard. <laughs> oh, nice. I was telling you before we went uh, recording live, Luke, that uh, shout out to Tyler, uh, one of our uh, 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 heavy listeners and supporters uh, and GMs reached out to us this week and said, is there any way you can get uh pirate borg people on and chat with them for a while and we said we will do our best and you well the answer would be no because there's only one of me so person yes yes. here i am (laughs) it's kind of astounding i mean we can get into that here in a minute but it's kind of astounding that there's only one of you for the the yeah width and depth that this project has uh taken on it's it's quite an extensive thing and looking at your website it's one of several things so you're a you're a madman yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been a Patreon map creator for a couple years now. I'm in, my, I guess, my second full year of doing it. Uh, and, you know, we all play D&D and we all write stuff. And I just happened to, you know, write enough stuff that I was able to, like, hack into a full book, you know? Yeah. So so let's talk. Let's, you know what, Troy, can we just dive in there? Like, this, that seems like a great jumping off point. Um, let's dive in. So... I have been like perusing the uh, Limithron website and I saw that you got the Patreon with all the maps and it seems like pirates are from your maps to obviously to this uh, Morkborg Kickstarter and then an upcoming, which maybe we can talk about later, 5e Kickstarter. Pirates are kind of your deal uh, and it looks like they've been your deal for a while. Yes, absolutely. What's up with that? I, you know, I don't really have a real answer. Um, I mean, there is a little, I have a little about page on my website, which is limithron.com. Um, just, I kind of realized, especially as I got into this, this project, uh, that it's really consumed my like creative life. The whole, just like, you know, not real piracy. I know a lot about real piracy, but I'm, my particular brand of piracy is the like undead ghost ship uh you know i like to describe it as like uh pirates of the caribbean or secret of the monk a secret of monkey island meets darkest dungeon uh that's kind of the vibe that i like to go for um but as far as i can tell the first thing that really was like oh my god i love this is my parents took me to disney world as a kid like when i was like five and the Mm. pirates of the caribbean ride was just like I, i just totally captivated my imagination uh, and I remember years before the Pirates of the Caribbean movies coming out, I remember like a teaser trailer coming to the theater and being like, finally, we're going to get some like decent costumes at the costume store. <laughs> so I'm not just like alone in this like pirate thing. Like I was excited that pop, you know, I'm not one of those guys that's like when pop culture takes, takes it. I'm not a hipster. I'm not like, that's mine. You can't have it. I'm like, yeah, the more of this stuff that gets made, the better, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So like, the movie I was pumped for the movies. I liked all five of them. Yeah. Um, and I played a lot of this game called Pirates of the Spanish Main, which mm-hmm. uh, you know the first pack I bought was at CVS. But you punch out these little yeah plastic card ships and build them. And I like won a yeah. tournament at Gen Con playing that game. And that That's- game that game really like nailed they 
you know, it's this fun little uh, beer and pretzel game, but the art and lore that they put into the characters was like exactly what I want in a pirates mm. game. It was historically inspired, but there's like this, uh, you know, Lovecraftian, like undead influence. Like one of the factions is called the Ooh. cursed. Loved <sighs> it. You know? Ah, well, anyway, so I guess like, to make a long story short, when, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, uh, I was just going to say, uh, anyone who knows that there are five pirates of the Caribbean movies is, is quite obviously a pirates of the Caribbean fan because most of us lost count at <laughs> three. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and, well, oh, look, here's my, here's yeah. my rant on it. Like yeah, the, go for the it. first one's incredible. I think yes, everybody can yeah, agree with that. Yeah. The second two, I think they really got lost in the writing, but there's mm. still some really cool stuff in those. Right. Mm. The fourth one, which is called on stranger tides. Yeah. People are like, yeah. what is this? But yes. on Stranger Tides, the novel by Tim Powers is like it has surplanted Name of the Wind and uh, The Lord of the Rings is my favorite novel of all time because really? that book is absolutely incredible. It's basically the inspiration for Secret of Monkey Island. They optioned it for that movie and threw everything away except for Blackbeard and The Fountain of Youth. But if you are into realistically described voodoo and undead pirates Ooh. and Nassau as a place like that book is absolutely incredible. I would mm. love to meet Tim someday. And if I, if you ever wanted to work on something, I would be like, that'd, that'd be incredible. So well, well, yeah, we should just talk about <clears throat> okay. uh, uh, pirate uh, uh, novelizations and films for the whole episode. If, if that's what you would oh, like. Absolutely. Uh, I was, I would, I, yeah, I would, I, I I could tell you so much about pirate. I mean, I, we, we, on my discord server, we keep a pretty extensive spreadsheet of like all, all the possible influences that one might have into the pirate world, whether it be master and commander, if you're into the more like historical mm -hmm. side mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, every single, uh, five or D and D adventure from first edition all the way up to fifth that has anything to do with naval stuff, you know, nice. I, I think the, nice. the first pirate novel that I, thoroughly enjoyed and i don't I, I think it's one of his worst ones but i'm a sucker for him i really liked uh michael Crichton's uh pirate latitudes once upon a time but it's been a while so i may go back and so uh feel bad about saying that um <laughs> no no i think that you hit the nail on the head i think there's a pretty strong consensus that he sketched the book and passed away and they hired someone to finish it because the writing is not really up to par for him, yeah. but it does paint this very like, uh, I don't know, picturesque version of Port Royal at the turn of the 17th century. Like they do a mm -hmm. great job, like planning a pirate heist. Yeah. Anybody who's run a pirate campaign can pull so many ideas from that, from that book. So. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the idea, just the idea of a pirate heist got me really excited. I remember when I was reading, I'm like, Oh, this is going to be awesome. And then, yeah, just, it felt like, it felt like a, a concept that didn't quite have his depth, but um, all right. Well, uh, on stranger thighs, I'm going to yes, add that to my uh, Amazon list. Uh, you, you recommended something else uh, for us uh, beforehand. Uh, the ready player one thing. So you're, you're giving us a reading list here, Luke. Um, yeah, definitely. All right. Definitely go check that out. Well, Oh yeah! If well, you haven't read the Ready Player One book, it's it's much better. I mean, I enjoyed the movie, but the book is like if you're a D and D oh, fan, yeah, there's like a so whole section about Gary Gygax and the Serac and Tomb of Horrors. It's really really great. Yeah, definitely. 
All right. Well, uh, let's. That's enough time. That's enough nonsense. Um, even though I'd love to talk to you, uh, and maybe maybe we'll do some more nonsense later on. But I really want to dive into uh, your own brand nonsense. of nonsense, Luke. Uh, I want to dive into Pirate Borg here. Um, there is quite a bit that we could talk about just uh, just with the Kickstarter page alone. Um, for those of you who are listening, uh, we're we're coming to you about. Mm-hmm. 11 days from the end of this campaign, 2,800 backers, $117,000. Um, this is a really impressive campaign. I know that there was a lot of, like, I was one of the folks uh, who was following this pre-live just because you did such a great job getting the word out before the product even launched and making it feel like the natural progression of the Morkborg brand into... Um, a slightly different genre, but one that made complete sense for the genres that were already there. Um, hopefully I didn't botch that, but Luke, tell us, tell us a little bit about one, what one might expect with pirate board. What's the elevator pitch? Or is, does, is there need to be an elevator? Yeah, well, pitch? um, uh, I guess I'll give you two descriptors here because there's the one for, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's the there's the pitch for the people who know Morkborg, uh, and there's the pitch for people who don't. And I think honestly, part of the success of the campaign, I'm guessing. I mean, it's like a there's like a magic level thing involved with Kickstarter campaigns, but that this uh, campaign does provide some things and moods that that Morkborg might be a bit dark for. So if you're familiar with Morkborg, it's very much the like dark castle flail, yep. you know, gritty. You are a piece of peon trash uh, fighting to stay alive. And the, while the world ends, uh, it, like I've never met a be- book that's more saturated in theme um, without it being filled with text. Yeah. Um, and it was just such an inspiration for me. I, I, I've said this a couple of times, but I was, I went to South America on a work trip and in my days off, I was exploring these like old Spanish forts uh, and I had just kind of started playing some D and D fifth edition for the first time seriously, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, man, it'd be so cool to do like a proper pirate campaign, you know? So I came home and I put this, group together on i think i use like meetup or reddit and it was all people i didn't know I was like i don't want to play with anybody i know i want to meet all new people and i like put all this work into making this campaign and it was called tales from the caribbean um and i had done all i did all this work to like adapt 5e to feel magical but more like pirates of the caribbean mm-hmm. or more like the kind of world that i wanted to play in so we had like a, a, a sixth level level cap long rests were a week short rests were overnight you can't rest at sea everybody had to theme their classes to you know kind of fit the caribbean setting so you know Mm. you could be a wizard uh as long as you can spin it as like oh you're a you know uh, a guy who's come from london after exploring the catacombs and he found some old tomes you know but there was a lot of stuff where people would have these spells that wouldn't really make like misty step doesn't really make sense Mm -hmm. in a pirate game, you know? So I would be like, look, the, the litmus test is, would you see it in the Disney movies? Now that's not necessarily the tone we have to have, but if, you know, some people wanted to play really weird classes from five E and I'm like, that just does. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, this campaign, I did a couple different versions of it for a couple different groups. 
it's more of a setting on almost like a West Marches kind of thing. And I was getting kind of burnt out because in, in when COVID hit, uh, my other work like went away. I'm a concert lighting designer. So no concerts in COVID. Mm -hmm. So I started like making battle maps so we could play online with all these different kinds of ships. You know, I did a sloop, I did a frigate. And I was like, hey, man, I think I could maybe start a Patreon doing this. And that actually went really well. And it's still going really well. It got me through COVID. I think we just crossed 600 patrons. Nice. Um, oh, fantastic. Yeah. It's, I mean, honestly, that's, this has been a shock, but that was the one that was like, you know, like, I think my parents don't really get it. You know, like they're, <laughs> they're happy for me, but they're like, you make how much doing what? Like, it's kind of a weird thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so then, I, you know, we were, I was basically like, you know, not 40 hours a week, like all my time was going into that. And I was just burnt out on running campaigns. So I was like, guys, let's take a break. Why don't we, you know, and I, I play with all DMs. Like there's no oh, just yeah. players. There's, you know, they're all forever DMs and I'm the like forever DM forever. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So I'm like, yep. guys, I need a break. So we ran, we ran like a month of Star Wars 5e, which was hilarious. I got to play as like, this i've I, when i was younger i used to dj as dj chewy so i got to build this wookie berserker and just rip all the arms out of all the sockets it was a blast nice but when i got to kevin's turn buddy of mine he's like hey man i, I want to run i want to run morkborg and i had you know i was aware of this mm -hmm. game but i hadn't like really played it um and we played and it was i mean i think in the past three or four years up to that point of of playing D and D and role playing games. It was the most fun most of us had had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we didn't. You spend no time making characters because you just use the scum birther to roll one randomly. Yep. You don't get to. There's no min maxing. Like I, I had like a minus two in a bunch of my stats. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it basically, and I was this like, um, I think I was the esoteric hermit, and mm -hmm. I played him like uh, Jafar's character when he's hiding in the. Uh, the cell jail cell waiting for aladdin you know very mm. very like give me the lamp aladdin you know it was very like just wacky a character i never would have built and yeah. my buddy scott played an occult herb master and so basically we became this like ganja smoking like uh, yes <laughs> i don't know like like a uh, medieval rick and morty you know i think his character's was name was was even morty or something like that Nice. And we just, we laughed so much and everybody, I, I kept trying to die by like taking my flail against the boss and I wouldn't get killed. And he lasted like the whole, the whole short campaign. And I was like, dude, this is, this is how role-playing games are supposed to be. Like mm -hmm. if you played yes. a lot of video games, it's cool to like build your character and level up and min maxing is really fun in its own way. But like, I have so many memories of sitting around the table or on roll 20 or on foundry, just waiting for people to decide what they're going to do with their 5e character. And I'm like, dude, I don't care about any of that. I don't want that in my, I want to have fun with the people that I'm playing with, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I ended up deciding I was going to make a zine hacking because Morkborg has this incredible third-party license. If you guys yes. are at all interested mm -hmm. in making anything for a game and selling it, you can do it with Morkborg at, at no approval, at no cost to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's great and the result is that they have over a thousand pieces of fan-made content that people have for sale you know um, on top of that Johan's style his art and layout design style was like so liberating for me I'm used to this like 5e 
oh, this guy's been painting his whole life and now he paints digitally <laughs> and they have to hire 30 artists to finish one book. You know what I'm talking about? Like yep. it looks incredible. Like, but like, I can't do that. If I did one of those pieces, it would take me a month and I would hate it. Well, <laughs> you can like you, this picture you have up, like this is, yeah. these are the cl- characters from my class page. Mm-hmm. Like I can do one of these in like a half hour and be like, it looks like shit, but like, Oh, that's exactly what we want. Like you want it to feel that way, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I dove into this zine and at first it was super Morkborg in design style. It was very like neon yellow and some magenta, mm-hmm. but when I would play test it, it wouldn't go with my maps. Like I was just like, I've got this ah, yellow book yeah. and it's like, it just, it was uh, the analogy I've been making is like when you mix the end of one cereal with another one, you know, and you've got like, Mm-hmm. golden grams and fruit loops it's like they it works but it's like it's just <laughs> it does, not yeah it just didn't sit right you know yeah so i redid sure. the whole book and i went from it being like a short zine to just like blowing it i was just like this this, this a cyborg had been announced which is yep. um johan is doing this other one that's like cyberpunk version of Morkborg, and that they announced that it was going to be a longer book than Morkborg and they had redone all the classes and added a stat. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. If I'm going to play this game, I want it to be right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now I'm at like 120 pages, probably going to push it to 130, 140. Nice. We'll see. Wow. So that's my, that's my long rant, but um, that's beautiful. So yeah. So basically I made this, made this version. That's if you like Morkborg, you're going to like it. If you don't like Morkborg, you probably haven't played Morkborg. That's my guess is that you read the book and didn't try it. Cause I don't know how you couldn't like that game. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, I did add a few things that I didn't like about Morkborg. And those are just kind of, I think probably from my background, like there's a few more hit points when you start and there's a few leveling up. There's six leveling up options at least for every character. So there is a little more room for growth because uh, yeah. I like to encourage that like campaign style play, but you just have to be careful with your health rather than it being like, yeah, you're going to die. Like you may not die in pirate Borg, but that's what I know. liked. One of the things that I liked about uh, your presentation here is that it very much feels like it very much is its own thing, right? It's not like buy Morkborg and then buy this. You could do that. Sure. And, and you're going to feel- do that. Yeah. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, but you're going to see a lot of differences, and you're going to see that it wasn't necessary, right? Like, like if 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 what your if your GM is pirates, and we're seeing some folks in chat saying that much is true, um, I think that this is completely reasonable. And I've definitely like you talk about uh, uh, folks that play Morkborg like Morkborg, and I think that's very true. Um, that being said, um, I do come across a player every now and then. It's like, yeah, I love the system. I wish that it wasn't so dark for me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I have, I have a good friend of mine, Tad, if you hear this, hi, he's a, <laughs> uh, he loves uh, free on league or how you free league. Yep. He loves tales from the loop and um, border. Is it borderlands? What's their other big one? Symbarum, uh, 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 forbidden lands, forbidden, forbidden, lands. forbidden lands. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, but like he didn't pick up Morkborg cause he's like, you know, like I, I just, it just, it's just too dark. Like, it's just not the kind of vibe that I want for my games, you know? And he's like a big like avatar last airbender fan, you know? And like, I totally get that. And I, mm-hmm. that's not me, man. Like I'll play dark castle, the original like eighties black and white game. Mm-hmm. I'll play oh, dark yeah. souls, darkest dungeon. Like I like it dark, you know, but I like it dark in like, a in like a fun way, you know? Uh, and I think that if you, 
tried to smash out a two year long Morkborg campaign where the world's always ending and it's always gray, that could end up getting depressing, you know? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so my approach is a bit more like, look, it's called like the, the setting core setting for Mork or for uh, pirate Borg is called the dark Caribbean. Um, and you don't have to play there. There's only a few pages in the book about it. You could put this anywhere, but the dark Caribbean is basically paradise uh it looks tranquil and serene and beautiful but there's nobody there there's no natives there's no civilization like when the when columbus or whoever you want to say shows up to settle it there's gold everywhere there's no people mm-hmm. um and like this let's and basically the scourge the undead presence like this kind of you know lovecraftian a uh, zombie skeleton presence ends up bubbling out of the water. The more, the more the population grows. So mm. you can start a campaign there. That's like happy go lucky. And it can end with a tidal wave and maelstrom that consumes the world. If you, mm. if you want to take it there, you know? So. Oh, oh, I love like, that's something that I talking about more pork rules and it, it being easy to pick up and all that. But the other part of it that, I think was a revelation to people. And it sounds like pirate work does a lot of the same thing is how tight and contained, but beautiful that setting presentation is at the beginning of that book, right? Where they, he only, you know, Johan only presents like maybe I, I'm going to throw a number out, but 10 or 12 pages of setting at the beginning of that book, but yet it captures the imagination and it is people. I see all the time posts on Facebook groups and things like, and discord people saying, it's enough. I found that it's actually enough at 10 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes. it's kind of, I think like vitalized or, or, or reinvigorated uh, the idea of these micro settings and how fun they can be when it's, yeah. when it's all that you give them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, the thing, uh, uh, and I want to, I mean, I want to of course give a shout out to Pella who the, is their author of Mark Borg. he, his writing in that is awesome. And it's like, I, he, I know English isn't his first language and they translate it, but I almost think that that helps in a way that they put sentences together in a way that feel like, like Lovecraft or like, I mean, you know, I don't know if you heard the Wayne June thing they had, but they actually hired Wayne June. Who's the voiceover guy for darkest dungeon. One of their stretch goals on the last campaign was to have him read all the intros. So you can go listen to that guy, read the intros on YouTube. And it's just like, it nails it. So, I mean, he's basically like, you know, in in the calendar of Necrobell, you will die amongst a dark flame of evil. It's just perfect for that rich setting, you know? Um, So I like that. I love that. And I think you really nailed it. Like, there's enough there that you you know the vibe you know there's a two-headed basculus that's that does things but there's not a whole like 20 pages or even like a whole page describing what the basculus wants so that you're never like as a dm or gm like concerned that you're gonna mess up the lore and every time i would run like a fight like i ran um tomb of annihilation and, you know, we get to this lich that's floating in this moat, like above the jungle. And like, I have to like stop before I role player to make sure that I don't mess up something with her character. Cause it's going to matter later. And like, when you don't put that in there, it, all of a sudden you're free. It's like, you'd think that there being less information would 
would hurt you but I, I feel like it's the same way for dungeon rooms if there's like a big long thing with a read aloud and like here's what happens when they pull the lever then you're like wait hold on i have to stop and check the dc but if you're like there's a lever there's a boulder there's a thing uh, in the chest is this much gold and no descriptors the gm's like oh i know the details i'm just i have to make it up and then it's like all of a sudden you're free you know yeah i i kind of wonder with like talking about how you know you give somebody less and you, and it frees you is that also because you know for for people that have been in the gaming the gamosphere for a while and have accumulated several different games or like what's behind everybody else in in here you give you give me a little bit of descriptor text as to what's going on and all of a sudden i start to ping oh I could put this from this adventure in here. I could put this from this setting in here to kind of f- to to f- fill it out a little bit. But it gives you just enough to where your 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 imagination starts to fire on all cylinders. And like what you were saying, Luke, it's not you're not stuck on these rails of you know forgotten realms and lore that you're afraid to step out of bounds of. It's I can start grabbing and pulling onto my campaign what I want to fit this little half page of description. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like the OSR is so good at that and about that in a way. For those who aren't familiar, it's kind of this old school renaissance or old school revival throwback mm-hmm. to like the way um specifically bx but just older versions of D would run mm-hmm. and i think a lot of that was like you know a lot of that was less developed and the mainstream hobby has got away from that and i think that that's a disservice to the hobby that mm-hmm. the thing that really makes the hobby fun like the thing that makes it fun for me as a gm is letting go and 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 embracing the ride mm-hmm. and y- that's really hard when you've done a bunch of prep and you want your players to to go to the map that you spent all week working on or (laughs) that you know like if they don't if they don't encounter your the big bad evil guy like you planned on it then it won't be as cinematic well the cool thing about the you know especially like a osr pirate game is like i don't know what's going to happen in morkborg and pirate borg i don't roll the dice i don't i can't hide uh dcs and stuff behind a screen the players roll to dodge so if we're in ship combat and I put you up against a small fleet of skeleton ships and they sink your ship. Well, you, your ship is sunk. Like that's not the narrative that I planned for it, but all of a sudden, like, well, now you're floating on a sea of bones and you wash up on a Island. Shit. I don't have an Island. Let me go to page 45 where I can roll a random Island written by Jacob Hurst from swordfish islands. You know? So it's kind of <laughs> one of those, like where you, where you like you're, the same concept you're free by the lack of design or um mm. rails i guess uh, and i think that it just makes it much more fun for me as a, a gm you know so luke would you say um to take this into a more like D bet that you know the idea of you not having to roll anything that the players roll everything and it's right in front of them like on their side of the table that you, you can almost kind of accomplish that same feeling as a DM for D and D if you didn't have a screen, right? Absolutely. And I, yeah. I, I think this is, this is one of those core OSR tenants 
Um, and I, you know, I learned a lot from this when I showed up in the scene. Cause it's like in five E all the time, I'm, I have a screen. I'm very, Oh, I'm adding hit points when the monster is about to die. It's not cool yet. Mm. Or I'm, Oh, he critted, but I'm going to whiff it. So I don't kill that guy's character. But like, look, man, here's a great example. I was playing with uh, Doug shoot um, the other day on his, um, what's a victory condition gaming. We did a, yeah. like a one shot, you know, and he, okay. he does a bunch of the like free league, actual, uh, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube streams. Doug's cool. And I had, we just hit the stretch goals for these two optional classes that I have. One's called the haunted haunted soul. And the other is called the tall tale. And like, so let's say you're playing five. E. Here's the scenario, right? You go up, against they were they discovered this derelict ship they're trying to like you know uh recover as much gold out of it as they could uh and they run into this like basically pirate necromancer guy who's got an undead jaguar running around on the base of the ship all randomly rolled because that's what we were showing off in this episode and this i mean like i'm not pulling punches this guy is like the hardest monster in the book you know and they don't go up to cr20 because there's no levels you know but he's tough he's got he's got some some evil spells that make you die well, one of the guys dies. This guy casts like grog death of black breath or something. And the guy dies, you know, and the character we just, we just picked because I thought it would be fun to show it off. But the character he re-rolls as is a foul foul, which is a basically cursed chicken. And so we play it off. Like this chicken is the captain that just died. Reincarnated. He immediately flies in this chicken comes with built-in spells that you roll for and they kill the lich thing and the chicken now is the captain of the pirate ship now you tell me what 5e campaign that would ever happen in first off i don't kill his player the player goes down the lich moves to another guy he starts making death saves lay on hands spare the dying he's back up he spent a week writing his character's backstory yada 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 but and no no timeline there is there a chicken running the ship i, I would just like there's a trade-off there that i think that when you don't when you haven't tried it you're afraid of but when the fact that you could come back as a foul foul to me maybe he only lasts a few sessions but can you imagine playing a whole year as a cursed chicken like that's the kind you're of you're never gonna do that play. again that's for sure right like you're never gonna do that and you again. never did it before so <laughs> yeah, and if you know if you play pirate, if it makes it to your table for like a short campaign, or you guys are like, yo, you know what? I didn't prep today. Let's just play some pirate board. Great, but I also think that there's the bones there for this thing to really turn into a longer thing. As long as you aren't thinking, oh, my character's going to have fifty hit points. Like, no, you're going to have eight, or you could start with one. But mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. reality is that that's what being a human would be like. If you were mm. a pirate on a ship and you got shot with a pistol while you tried to board the Spanish galleon you might die well you know what there's 30 other pirates on the ship let's find out what one of them looks like you know yeah. that's, right. that's that's that, that's the philosophy you know or f- cross your fingers and come back as a pirate chicken <laughs> yes exactly there's a foul foul there's a lucky parrot that basically so there's a, a mechanic in Morkborg called omens which lets you mm-hmm. re-roll damage or prevent damage or deal max damage or whatever the lucky parrot comes with a lot of it and so basically you just fly around and talk to people and make their roles go really well. Like I, like, I don't know what you guys want in a role playing game, but like that sounds more fun to me than like, you know, rolling 30 dice of smite, you know? Yep. So, yeah. well, 
I, I, I want to be clear before we move on. I yeah. love five E. Like I just don't think that for pirates it was working for me. That's all I'm trying. To so, say. so that's that's, that's actually where I was going to dive into next. So, so let's 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 shift that direction. So, I'm going to transition our our viewing audience over to your website um, for sure, a moment. And sure. we talked a little bit at the beginning about your Patreon. Obviously, that looks awesome, and there's a ton of stuff on there. Uh, I think you've got me in on board at this point. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but I was kind of, something drew my eye and I thought I'd bring it up because we've talked a lot about Morkborg and how it fits really well. And we've kind of not, I don't think we've poo pooed on 5e, but we've certainly, uh, talked a little bit about how inhibiting it is. And then I ca- pop over to your website and I see something called the dark Caribbean, uh, a campaign setting for fifth edition coming yes. later, quote unquote. Um, talk to me about that. Was that the original idea that Morkboard kind of slid around and positioned itself, or is this the this the? Go ahead, I'm talking. Yeah, no, I'll give I'll give you the short the short thing. So uh, I've Dark Caribbean has been in in development for a while now. It basically everything from my homebrew campaign combined with all the stuff I've done for the Patreon is going to get smashed into this big big book, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when I was start- really starting it, I'm like, okay, now I'm really going to start it. I was like, well, I want to do a version for for uh, Morkborg as well. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to do two versions of the same book, a, a Morkborg version and a 5e version. Well, there's all these things you need to add to the pirate to the Morkborg version to make it work. And the classes are like some of the best part. And those don't translate to 5e, at least not easily. So right. I ended up just going all the way down the pirate borg thing and i took all the caribbean theme out i took all the all the setting and uh, it was basically just pirates you know mm-hmm. well you know the reality is that you can't really make a pirate i mean if you're on galleons and ships of the line and you have muskets and your classes are buccaneer like it there is a setting whether it's written out or not yeah so then I was like, well, we might as well have some settings. So then I just decided that I'm just I'm basically just teasing Dark Caribbean back here. Uh-huh. So if you're familiar with Morkborg at the beginning, there's a thing called the Calendar of Necrobell, which is this kind of mechanic, um, but also like list of psalms that you read, you roll as a group every morning. And the how the frequency or the die size on which you roll is based on how long you want your campaign to go. You know, so if you want to play for years, you use a D100. If you're playing for a, a few sessions, you use a D4 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when one of these psalms go off, the world gets worse. You know, it's like it's like the revelations, basically. Yeah. Well, like I wasn't going to do this at all, and then I had the idea, like, well, you know, what if I did something different for this? So I've kind of done this. If you guys are familiar with Mothership, they do this really oh, cool. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. they do like an incredible, and I, I want to pause here to say that mothership has actually been as big of an influence, if not more in some parts of this book than Morkborg, because oh, Sean McCoy yes. and those guys, their layout is like so up my alley. But anyway, so I replaced the calendar of Necrobell with this thing called the general history of the dark Caribbean, which if you're familiar with pirate history, there was this book called a general history of pirates, which mm-hmm. is like the first real book that like put these pirates like Blackbeard and um, and William Kidd, all these guys into like lore. So it's it's kind of formatted like that, but it's basically a D66 table of six plot lines and six chapters. So there's one you could roll on it randomly or you could in a long campaign play through it like a storyline. And it starts with Port Royal's destroyed in an earthquake, which really happened. 
But if you follow that plot line now down, you realize kind of in an homage to on stranger tides, the book that uh, maybe there's more going on. Maybe there's some dark magic involved that caused that earthquake. You know, mm. another one is these cultists are uh, basically trying to open a portal into the abyss uh, and by the end, you guessed it, they open it, you know, and Havana burns down. And these are all like one sentence little history things, but they're pretty rich if you want to like, oh, hey, by the way, over here, this thing, that city used to hang out in, uh, it's gone now. So that that's, that's kind of, cool. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you're, you're sucking me into that one too. Yeah, well, it's pretty fun. Oh. And we've got some people talking in chat. And I want to get to a couple of things that they brought up and I think we're in the right uh, ballpark now to talk about it. So, um, this book is pitched for fifth edition. You also mention on the website and I, we're going to, you know, the big focus right now is on pirate Borg, but you do talk about dark Caribbean. It sounds like it's very much a fifth edition book, but easily convertible to, to be the setting that you play your more Borg stuff in as well. It's a little, so it's in flux now because mm-hmm. when the original idea was like five E is huge. I want people to play this, you know, maybe there'll be a guideline chapter on how to make five E work for pirates. But, mm-hmm. but Pirate Borg, honestly, has done way better than I ever thought it would. Uh-huh. So I don't really know what the actual format for Dark Caribbean is going to be. For Pirate Borg, we ended up doing, there's a Pirate Borg book, and then there's a 5e zine to get all the stats for the monsters uh, mm-hmm. for 5e. Mm-hmm. And that works really well, because there's so much in Pirate Borg that you could use. Other than the classes, oh, yeah, you could basically yeah. use the whole book. Yep. Um, yep. in 5e. Like if you're running Ghost of Salt Marsh, this is a no-brainer add-on, you know? Yes. Well, I, I don't know for when it gets around to actually making Dark Caribbean as far as like putting it into layout and stuff. It may be it just it may be a 5e book with a pirate borg zine add-on, or it may be like generic enough yeah. that you could run it in either. I don't really know. I think the biggest inspiration for that book is uh you guys, you guys know this book, yep, Neverland Five on the shelf back there. Yeah, it's this great. Book, Andrew Kolb, this guy is such a big influence for me, and he actually is one of the guys who got me in the OSR. Mm. Like the way he does these monster stats. If I can show you guys on the stream real quick, I don't know if you'll be able to see him. Uh, just look this up. But like he has, rather than having like all of the five E stats, he just has three saves: a low, a medium, and a high. And then the damages and resistances aren't the five E ones. Like they might like Captain Hook has, uh, he has um, vulnerability to clocks. You know, like <laughs> like that kind of stuff is like I'm really I'm really into that. So it's going to be five E usable for sure. Yeah. Um, but I know maybe at that point I'll have I can hire a team and I can actually just do two books like I originally mm-hmm. planned, so that you don't have to reference a zine for the stats. The reality is that. I would like 5e players to be able to pull out Blackbeard the Lich, which he is, by the way, you know, CR 15, and he's a menace. But like a CR 15 Blackbeard with a big, long 5e stat block Mm -hmm. is not what you want in Pirate Borg. Like that's going to be a TPK Mm -hmm. on return one. Yeah. So I I don't know. The the reality is that 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 book is, uh, to wrap this up, I guess I'll give you the elevator pitch. It's basically going to be Limithron style maps of every major island and every major city in the Caribbean um, with like uh dark of hot springs Island style NPCs with what they want, what they don't want factions, how they interact treasure hmm. and no pre pre written pre written plot line. I'll probably have a bunch of stuff like uh like in mothership or like with this general history of pirates where it's like, here's Havana. 
here are like the five threads going on in Havana. And if your players don't do anything, here's what will happen through the timeline. You know, mm, that's cool. Um, so that's the vibe. Beautiful. You know, uh, awesome. Awesome. Well, we don't, we, uh, that, that, like you say, a big project. And I think, I think the fact that, that you, you, you've already got the audience now for a Morkborg book. I'm not surprised that you're, you know, that there's a reevaluation process to say, all right, this book that I really just wanted people to play. Well, there will be people that play it now as a Morkborg product. Yeah. Too, right. Like, so yeah. it's a hard question. So that's cool. Um, before we, before we uh, move too far off the five E and get dropped back into pirate Borg, I do want to bring up uh, one of our uh, viewers in chat. Girk said um, that, you mentioned uh, the tomb of uh, Chu and Khan on your website, mm, yes. and he said he ran that for a tomb of annihilation, a tomb of annihilation campaign. It's very cool. Is that something that you had a hand in, or what? What's your time? Oh to? Uh, no, I I did all of it. It's awesome. That's, they, so tomb of Chu and Khan. Uh, can you go to? Can you pull it up? Can yeah, you go absolutely. to uh, my website. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think it's really important to understand that like I am full time and this is my job, but I'm only here because, uh, I love it, you know, mm-hmm. and everything that I make, I make cause I want it to exist. Like I'm, I'm not like doing market research, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to figure out what I should be making. I'm like, I want to make an Indiana Jones adventure, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this started as a jungle tomb map that you find in the jungle, you know, there's a rope bridge and there's a, you know, Jade monkey head that you have to go inside and there's all these cool little puzzles. But then I ended up just blowing it up into not just one map, but I ended up making a couple maps and I did a, a short, it, you can run it as a one shot. It's probably like a two or three shot five E adventure. Mm-hmm. I did all the tokens. I basically just went nuts for like, which I should, I try to work on a week cycle for Patreon mm. and I ended up spending like three weeks on this thing. It's gorgeous. Uh, did magic items, you know, and I, it basically just was like, I want, I want this thing to exist and I want to try to do all these things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now it, it now it exists. And I, you know, I, I'm sure I'm going to port this for pirate Borg because it would be pretty easy. You just have to, you know, Re, you don't even have to balance. You just have to make sure that the you're not going to TPK with the monster stats, you know. Because this is, I think, this is for like fifth, fifth level, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's basically there's a mummy in a tomb, and he's going to kill you if you mess with him, and there's a bunch of treasure, you know, that kind of thing. That's awesome. really cool. Well, thanks for the plug, yeah. Girk. I appreciate you bringing it up, and it's cool that you had already you've already played it and liked it, and that's a yeah. that's a great tie. So. One thing I'm really proud about about this adventure, you know, usually in the RPG space, the people who are writing it and making the art assets are different people, even Mm -hmm. if they're closely related like Mark Borgar. But like I do a lot of foundry stuff and I'm the I'm writing the adventure. So what like there are traps and stuff in here where the the room is drawn without the trap and then you click a macro and the trap switches its art. So oh, like cool. when you find the spoiler here, but when you find the secret passage, you know, Skyrim style that moves the throne out of the way to find the treasure room, it will slide the, tr- the, the um, tile for the throne back. Or, you know, there's one that breaks yeah. the rope bridge, you know, now, cool. I mean, other creators could do this obviously by working with the writing team, but often it'll get written and then they'll do art. You know, it's like, it was fun to like, Okay, I'm going to throw this gag in here, which doesn't work on a static battle map, but does if I redraw it, you know? Yeah. 
That's awesome. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's amazing. Um, heck yeah. All right. So we, we've covered, we've covered uh, 5e stuff. I'm going to pop right back to Morkborg and, and uh, Pyroborg and round us out here. Um, sure. I, one of the things we want to do every time we have 11 days left to go on this campaign. I, I want to draw people's attention to the pledge goals and give you an opportunity to, you know, tell people where you think they should settle in. Um, we've got the dollar pledge, uh, but we've got a digital edition, which is 15 bucks, which is a great price, by the way, folks, that's a steal for what this book is. 15 bucks, give you the PDF, it gives you all the digital assets, digital stretch goals, the printed book uh, and character sheets and ship pad is 45 you can also get just the book for 30 um and then you can get the limited edition for 65 and up is there like a sometimes creators come on and they say there's really a sweet spot that i've built is there a sweet spot or a tier that you think yeah i mean i think that i think that the obvious choice is the 30 dollar tier for like i just want the book like mm-hmm. uh, maybe I'll play it. Uh, also, we have an online character generator that like, so mm. you don't really have to use the character sheets. Mm-hmm. They're really cool. They are, they're double sided a five and the back has a ship on it. Mm. So you can write your ship stats and your cargo. Um, but like, that's the, like, I, I like to kickstart lots of books. I really like Mork Borg. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to play this in person, but I want to own it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the limited edition, of course, is cool, but I feel like if you're going to get the limited edition, you probably really like the project, and that means you're probably going to play it, and that means you should just go for the $95 one, hey, because that's the, I mean, I'm, I, it's not just, it's not uh, an upsell, yeah. like, yeah, this yeah, is no, the, absolutely. like, this is what I back Cyborg at, like, I'm going to play this game, I want the nice, fancy, limited copy to sit on my shelf, maybe be valuable someday, if I'm lucky, who knows, because <laughs> I'm not remaking it, and then I have the copy to give to my players, and a pad of character sheets, you know, that's, mm. so I feel like if you really think you're going to actually play the game, that's a good spot, obviously. Or you can go the digital level if you, you know, why not? Like I, that's, yeah, I do have some really crazy high tiers. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of wish I hadn't done them cause I'm so busy with the project now is much bigger than I thought, <laughs> but there are, a, I think there's one of the 500 left and one of the, there's, it, se- it seems really expensive at $2,000, but honestly, I don't do maps for anywhere close to that. So if you like that tier is the, is the custom commission map. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it seems expensive when you look at it in Kickstarter, but the reality is like, if you were like a game maker, you're like, we want him to make me us a map for cheap. That's a great way to do it. <laughs> and well, it goes with the books. Yeah. So. That's all. That's a lot. A 36 by 36 is a huge canvas to put together. Um, I mean, it's basically like any ship you can think of or any like major location, you know? Yeah, but geez. actually, don't don't back at that though because I'm so busy. <laughs> I don't want to have to draw <laughs> yeah, it, you know? later. Yeah, that's awesome. I put uh, it on there. So you know. I also want to commend you. Um, this is kind of my last plug, uh, Troy. I'll give you a second here if you need anything. If you want to drop anything too, but um, I'm going to scroll through. Actually, it's down in stretch goals. So bear with me, folks, as I scroll down. Uh, one oh, thing that I was goals. super excited about. Um, obviously, you got Pele. I think they're down. There you go. Yeah start here oh yeah pele pele did us two monsters for it Mm -hmm. uh, and he was so nice to me and so supportive and then Um, uh christian icorn also is doing monsters for you and christian yes uh, i won't call him a friend of the show because i don't think we've gotten him on yet but um uh he's one of these people that i really like to chat with privately and he's he's just a super nice guy i've ran a lot of his 5e stuff i own a lot of his morborg stuff um so anytime his name pops up i got really excited i'm really glad you uh you connected with him yeah, I, he he did. Um, I, I have his Temple of the Kraken God, yes. and I was like, yeah. 
I was like, man, I, do you want to do some stuff for this book? I feel like it's pretty on brand and I'm going to do an, I'm doing an update here soon that like kind of shows off all the other creators of yeah. like what, what you could use to like, cause people are going to want to run adventures. Like not everybody wants to do sandbox. Mm-hmm. So I have a list of everything from Morkborg that's seafaring related at all. And of course he's got some stuff in there. So Heck yeah. he's doing, um, I haven't done the work for it yet, but he sent me the text for it where it's basically kind of like undead mimic cannons uh, that Ooh. that you can. So if you've got like a Sea of Thieves style undead ship, you can have these like very necrotic uh, cannons that have hit points that you can, you know, launch evil things at your players with. So uh, Advantage D&D is asking which tier has the digital character generator. The digital character generator is free. You can get it now at limithron.com slash random pirate. Um, one of my patrons, Brett, made it based off of a, a Excel spreadsheet that I made. Um, and I'm I'm actually hiring him with some of the generous money that we've earned from this campaign to clean it up and make it match the book. And it'll resize to fit your yeah, nice. like it's kind of big right now but it's going to resize to fit your phone it'll have like a you know send them to the locker button to make a new one you know um but yeah i mean like honestly if you don't want to support the project you could just go generate pirate characters using this and use Morkborg rules you won't know what spirit is which is the new stat but i'm, I'm sure you could figure it out so Ooh. well uh so asking again for the link it is uh limithron.com forward slash uh Help me out here. Random pirate. Random pirate. And um, And I also want to say as a GM, this is an incredible tool for making up NPCs on the spot because it has all mm. of the hundred backgrounds. It's got a name generator. That's not in the book built into the, to the thing. So if you're like, I need to know what this guy is like, Oh, well you've got here, run one for you. And I'll, uh, I'll show you how easy they are. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's on Brett's website, but. Um, it's yeah, gonna. We'll probably here. move it to my URL eventually. Pirate. Let's see. So let's see here. So yeah, it rolled one right up. So there you go. Heck yeah. And yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Roll and then off do you... the knife, Kuiper. Yeah. Yes. Ah, oh, awesome. And, it, and if you scroll, yeah, if you scroll down, the this bottom half of the sheet is the other side of the character page mm. but that it that has all the you know i of course redid all of the character background tables to be piratey uh, so you know i love it I'm afraid That's of prime numbers larger than three like he, yeah. i like that he never blinks ever yeah <laughs> uh, one of the ones i'm the most proud of is that there's under um i think it's under distinctive flaws but it could be under physical ailments if you roll a nat 20 on that table it's your uh drawback is so good looking people are jealous which we we rolled in one camp and one game one shot and it is like when people role play off that it is awesome like uh, (laughs) really fun really fun role playing stat or uh trait oh my gosh ah i love it so much uh awesome awesome well um i'm gonna start to wrap us up then uh Luke, thank you so much for hopping on and chatting with us sure, for the man. evening. That was yes, really, really good. Um, I think uh, part, half of our chat has already said, "Like, yeah, we've already talked about Pirate Borg. We're already, we're already winners. We're already backers." We're already backers. So, so this is just adding to the excitement. But listen, if you aren't, if you aren't yet a backer, if you ignored us a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it, don't ignore us now because 
um, in my opinion, every year there's a couple three Kickstarters that if you don't back, you're going to be frustrated when it comes out that you didn't. Um, and yep. so I've learned when when you see those, just just back it. Just do it. You're going to own it anyways. You might as well own it now and send the money directly to Luke. And, yes. uh, and, uh, I will say yeah. that as much as I appreciate that, other than the leather copy, like I'm ordering, I mean, most of the, most of the profit from this campaign is going straight back into the, into yeah. the game. So awesome. I am going to be selling it. Uh, Exalted Funeral is going to have it. Right I'm going to have it on my website. I think I'm going to actually be warehousing at Exalted Funerals Warehouse so you can buy it from either party. Mm-hmm. And oh, I'm going to cool. be at Origin, Origins and Gen Con this year. I, we're not going to have books yet for that, but you, if you guys are going to be there, well, let's yeah. definitely hang out. Hey, yeah. I can play some Pyroborg over some rum. Like, let's yes, do it. Yes, please. You know? Let's do it. Um, but yeah, I, obviously, all the support up front helps. So. Right on. All right. Well, I'm going to send everybody over to Limithron's website or the Limithron website or Pirate Borg on Kickstarter. One of those two places. Just check out everything that Luke has going on. Luke, once again, thank you so much for coming. Chat, hope you enjoyed it. Um, And until next week, we'll see you next time. Play great games, everybody. Get you some Pirate Borg. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook. Give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed. Uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube. And you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.